you know, it's funny. My goal used to be when I started out, I wanted to have a hundred doors. And then the more I learned and grew, I realized doors doesn't quite take into account all that I've learned. Doors is no longer my goal. And I think it's important to have a goal. You got to shoot, you got to aim somewhere, but you should expect your goals to always be shifting a little bit and mm. revisit those goals. Mm. For me right now, my goal is to have about half of my wealth in rentals and about half of my wealth in hard money loans. You're listening to the Grounded Investor Show, where we talk about all things real estate investing in Idaho, hearing from men and women on the ground who are doing the work. And welcome to the Grounded Investor Show. How are you, Michael? I'm good, my man. How you doing, Corey? Doing good. I'm Got just, a great interview today. Yeah, out here flexing on these folks. Mm. <laughs> nah, today we got we got a uh, we got David Clinton, and no, he's not related to the Clinton family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he has some funny stories to tell, and it's just awesome to hear uh, how he was able to build his business pretty quick. Um, even talked a little bit how he started by uh, looking into flipping cars, which, <laughs> which is an uh, inter interesting way to, yep, yep. to build a flipping business and uh, yep. eventually went over to real estate and um, has just been crushing it ever since. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, uh, awesome. Solid dude. And, you know, real humble guy. Um, he's, he's definitely made a lot of mistakes. Um, but what I think you'll learn a lot from him is just his tenacity at learning through those mistakes and, and making and like getting better and better at his craft. And so he goes a lot into detail about, you know, how, you know, everything's pretty and shiny when you first start out in, in real estate. And that can be, you know, a pretty, uh, unfocused on good thing, um, when you're first starting out, but now, um, yeah, actually that, even that kind of helped him in his footprint now in his career, he's always learning and now he's doing multiple deals. And he talks about one deal that he did, um, that he's still in the process of. And, um, because of all the, you know, past little slides that he has of doing different deals and different things, he can make this deal, uh, more, um, profitable and be a better service to it because of, um, just because of all his, I guess, experience around different things. Yeah. Well, let's dive in. I think you guys will like it and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. David, welcome to the Grounded Investor Show. Thanks for having me. How you doing, David? How you doing, Corey? Thanks for having me on. Glad you're here. <laughs> Glad to be here. Man, so I always find it funny when, when starting the starting the interview of it officially on the podcast recording that's like oh are you supposed to act different like we're supposed to pretend we didn't talk before and i'm always like i don't i don't know how i feel about doing that but the intro after the intro exactly it's, it is the intro after the intro and especially you don't really know the guy on the other end that well um and this is sure. a case for us too is and i've just seen a lot of activity on bigger pockets and um saw a lot of what you do and i thought it was really intriguing how you how you use your realtor's license in terms of your investing career. And I do know that you are a lot more involved in the investor side. I know we had a quick conversation last week saying, 
I'm a terrible realtor. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll uh, tell you, I only happen to have a license uh, and I, I didn't even list my own uh, home. I have the ability to list my own house and, um, but I refer to good realtors cause I'm not one of them. And my, <laughs> my rockstar realtors that I can refer to and I'll refer unmotivated sellers to, um, they do a great job and they serve, wow. you know, unmotivated sellers that really need a retail realtor better than I could ever serve them. And I'll tell them that. And I'll say, look, Mr. Seller, I'm not going to give you a low ball offer. What you need is a good realtor and heck I'm a realtor, but I'm not a good one. You need a good realtor. And, and I've got about five among the hundreds I've met here in Coeur d'Alene, Spokane area that can serve you well. Uh, can I please have one of my good rockstar realtors give you a call? And the fact that I listed my own home with somebody who wasn't even me really helps sell that. So, and it's true. I mean, I, my guy got me three full price offers in two days in the middle of winter, snow everywhere. Um, and I was out finding deals. <laughs> it was great. Oh my God. that I just man, there's so much I want to unpack with your life right now. I just <laughs> go for it. <laughs> you got it. All right. So let's just start off, man. David, tell us who you are and tell us what made what brought you to where you are today. Well, um I'm uh, late 30s and uh first and foremost, uh servant of Christ, I'm a Christian. Woo! I'm a father. I've got I've got three little ones at home, nine, seven, five. And um, I'm a real estate investor. So I started a business in 20, uh, 2005 and had that for us seven years. I did boring stuff, paperwork, um, forming LLCs and corporations. And I sold that in 2012. And if you ever sell a business, you sell your job. And I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I didn't really have a plan for what was next. And come 2012, like, oh, now what? My business partners had a plan. One of them went off. Um, got a regular job, was an employee. And the other one had a SEO business. He was marketing was his skill. Mm. Um, I was twiddling my thumbs and I got some money in the bank, but that money was uh, going to run out and I knew it. So I wasn't quite sure what was next. Did some business consulting for a little bit. Um, that was fun, but it wasn't going to pay the bills. Yeah. And at that time, um, my family was growing. We were going to transition from a sedan to a minivan and doing a ton of research. I thought I'm, I'm going to flip cars. Um, and as I was getting into this, starting to flip car flipping cars. Business, right, right. Um, and fun fact, cars on average are cheapest in Mississippi across the country. Hmm. And cars on average across the country are the most expensive in Seattle. And hmm. so I was going to use this fact and try to flip cars buy them in the Midwest and sell them on the coast. But as I was looking into this business model and try to start something up, I thought there's gotta be something I could flip with better margins than cars. <laughs> and the light bulb went off. Why not real estate? And my dad had done real estate for decades. Mm. I just never thought I'd do what my dad does. Mm. We all, you know, never think we're gonna do what our parents do, right? Mm -hmm. We're Americans, we're independent. Yeah. <laughs> America. So that kind of got, got me started. Um, called up dad, like, how do you get started with this? And he was overjoyed that I thought I would do what he was doing. Uh, he got burned in the crash. He wasn't doing it any longer. Mm. He does, and he still doesn't want to get back in. But uh, he told me, get a mentor. 
And so I did. I, I got on YouTube and started look, learning as much as I could um, and found a mentor. And that's that's how I got started was finding someone who would split deals with me, kind of hold my hands in the process. And that's uh, that's how I got where I am today. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. And so what does your business kind of look like today? Um, that was 2012. I don't know how long you tinkered with the cars, but. You know, yeah, yeah. So, so 2013, I started late 2013. Okay. Um, and my mentor helped me learn how to flip houses and wholesale. And, okay. you know, as soon as I got into real estate, I got the shiny object syndrome. Uh, started realizing all the different things you can do with real estate. You can yep. uh, flip contracts wholesale. You can flip houses. You can swing hammers yourself or you can pay a contractor. You can buy rentals and hold them. You can uh, buy rentals, hold them and flip them. You can buy single family or multifamily. Um, I've moved a house, uh, a stick built house. I picked it up and moved it. Nice. Um, don't recommend that. That's <laughs> not for the faint of heart. <laughs> but the shiny object syndrome, something I definitely don't recommend. You need to focus. And that was my biggest mistake up front. And I'll tell you, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, which gives me a lot of insight to help others. <laughs> and um, nowadays, I'd say I spend about a third of my time uh, finding new opportunities. And my favorite type of deal is uh, buying multifamily value add long-term flips. Mm. So these are usually small multifamily, say five to 15 units. Uh, they, they're value add, so they need work. They're usually mom and pop distressed owners who have people not paying rent. The residents may be doing drugs, dealing drugs, um, or not paying rent for whatever other reason. And the building's falling apart too. So I'll go in there and um, fix the situations with the residents, fix the building up, get good residents on good leases, and then I'll end up flipping it. But that'll take two to three years. And those have done the best for me. And I'll make six figures on those, but it'll take a couple of years. So if I can do a couple of those at a time, those are you know, roll your sleeves up, get a lot of work done on them. Dang. So that's, that's your focus. That's what, like, that's your bread and butter of what you like to do. That I'd say is probably, those are my favorite types of deals. Okay. More of my time and energy is spent mentoring others. Um, Because I've been in this business for a couple of years now, six plus years full time. um, And because I got started with a mentor myself, I've learned a lot, like, about how to help others and do the the shiny object syndrome thing. Um, I can help others in many different ways. Novice investors who want to wholesale, I've done that. Do you want to flip? I've done that too. Um, do you want to divide land? I can do that. I've done it. And so I can help a new investor with according to whatever their goals are. And so I leave my goals out of it. A newbie comes to me excited. Like, I'll kind of slow them down a little bit and say, let's figure out your goals. What's going to be best for you? And let's see how we can partner together and how I can help you out. Mm. I've made a lot of mistakes and I want to keep others from making those same mistakes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's good. So that's, you just, I'd say probably about a third of my time my, my, is spent on that. And that's what I really enjoy. Because mm-hmm. um, they're paying it forward, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you have a like mentoring company or a coaching business or do you just? You know, yeah. Um, and, and I, I, 
I, I do. And I commit to my uh, apprentices that I, I'm not going to take on more than uh, I just decided this morning as, as I was getting ready for this. Um, I'm not going to take on more than five uh, students at once so that I can really keep that low. It used to be a, a larger number. Um, Jesus had 12 disciples and I'm not half the man he is. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to keep it at five. I'm going to max it out at that. And yeah. I do have space for, for more right now. Um, but it really helps me focus on my students and uh, work with them one-on-one -on -one towards their goals. Mm. So um, I've had a little bit more than that at a time and it, it stretches me a little thin. Mm -hmm. So, and I'd say a difference between a mentor and a guru, you know, a guru wants to make money off of you. A mentor wants to make money with you. Yeah. And so I've got mentors myself that I work with. Uh, it's always important, I think, to uh, be learning from people and also be teaching others. Mm. And, and that's worked in my life, not just with business, but, you know, whether it's sports, you need a coach or uh, whether it's religion, you know, you need someone to do life together with and mm. who's been there before you or parenting. You know, mm. I learned from fathers who've got teenagers when mine are under 10, like, where, where am I going to go from here? Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah that's good. great yeah that's really good so what is your what is your end goal with um like with your business now in terms of like the you know the larger multifamilies as well as the coaching with the multifamilies um you know it's funny my goal used to be when i started out i wanted to have 100 doors and then the more i learned and grew i realized doors doesn't quite take into account all that I've learned doors is no longer my goal. Um, and I think it's important to have a goal. You got to shoot, you got to aim somewhere, but you should expect your goals to always be shifting a little bit and mm. revisit those goals. Mm. For me right now, my goal is to have about half of my wealth in rentals and about half of my wealth in hard money loans. I've learned along the way that the lender always wins mm. when my flip break even. And I've, busted my butt for six months and um i get nothing out of it the lender still wins um and if i do amazingly they make a hundred grand the lender still wins <laughs> he doesn't win as much as me but he still wins yeah like okay i i want to be the lender i want to be in that guy's shoes <laughs> he didn't stress out to get out the bad residence and to deal with the roof caving in and all that stuff that guy didn't lose any sleep because i'm paying him like clockwork uh, so for me, I, I want to hold some rentals, great tax benefits and stuff, and you learn how to manage them well. But I also want to hold some private money loans out to other guys who are doing what we do. Yeah. yeah. So my goal is, is a certain income amount. I'd like to make 25000 a month um, between rentals and notes. And then with that money, I'd love to live on about a third, modest. I don't need a lot. I mean, that's that's a lot to some. But I, I'm not looking to be, um, you know, a tycoon. Sure. You know, um, I'd like to live on about a third of that. I'd like to, to give away a third. That's what really winds my clock. Yeah. I, I get excited about the opportunity to be generous. And I want to use a third to reinvest to keep growing the pot so mm -hmm. I can give away more. So mm -hmm. that, anyway, that's, that's kind of my long-term goals now. And I expect those will shift with time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we, it's fact funny, my wife and I had a conversation last night, we were going over uh, um, kind of our finances and what we're able to give. And uh, I just left uh, my previous job, um, the fire service about a few weeks ago. And wow. doing, yeah, 
yeah, doing full-time real estate. And my thing was too, my, my goals had shifted, you know, uh, as a fireman, I was, you know, hungry and ready to be a fireman and be engineer and then be a captain and be, you know, maybe a chief, but probably just, just a captain. I'm gonna fly in the helicopter. And then I met my wife and I, <laughs> I love her. And my, and I had, I had a daughter and I love her. And like, in order to support them, which was my vision to support them and, um, and give them the option if they wanted to work or not, but not if they have to. But in order for me to do that, I was working overtime like crazy and never being able to see right. them. So real estate has been my way out. Um, and not only that, but it's also allowed me to realize my own goals or real, I'd say like more concrete goals that I want to live upon. And, and so one of my, one of our goals we're talking about last night is one of our big things. We, one of the reasons why we want to make more money um, is so we can give more away. And so cool. our, our big thing is if we're not like on my board right here, I have my why and on, on those whys is building orphanages, um, uh, establishing women, you know, and children's centers uh, and support missionaries. Those are the top oh, three on, on top of there. So and we're like, well, if we're not doing any of that now, then we're not li- more than likely not going to be doing any, any of it later. Um, oh, absolutely. You know, when we have a lot more income coming in. So we're like pretty tight on funds right now but we have we're, we support three missionaries currently um one missionary who we really we support a lot um we definitely give like a good chunk to them and we want to continue that and we, and because i just left the fire service i have i get access to my retirement and so and it's a big check um, so because I, I mean i worked there for five years so it's been you know and the market has been good in the last five years. I've been putting away a lot. And coming to it, Demi and I are like, this is a lot of money that we've never had. And, you know, it's taxpayer money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that taxpayer's money. We never, you know, and, and we're thinking about it like, man, we want to do some good with this. But like at the same time, we're like, oh, yeah, you know, our first fruits are to be given to God. So, and I was, it's That's really my wife. Yeah. And like my wife actually like put a, made me realize I put my foot in my mouth. I'm like, I'm like, well, let's just say this. What if we like paid it over monthly in terms of the 10, like we say we pay 10%, you know, to the church monthly over the next six months. So we can, so we can, you know, leverage some time and some extra cash. And she's like, Oh heck no, no, we we are. and And she straight up said, First fruits be, to be given to God. I'm like, all right, you're right. That's a good wife right there. She, when she, she can call you out, I appreciate yeah. my wife calls me out. Yeah, she really, and I'm so thankful for her, man. She's gonna be the reason why I, I am, I end up in heaven, and <laughs> that long, man. She is, she's a, she's a powerhouse for sure. That's great. Well, hey, real quick, David. Do you operate a lot of your um, business locally? Are you, do you go anywhere in the United States? How, how does that No, I, I, I pretty much keep it local. I live in Coeur d'Alene. Okay. Uh, Spokane, it, Washington is just across the state line, about, you know, 20 minute drive. Um, the airport in Spokane is about 45 minutes from my house. So um, most of my stuff is actually in Spokane. I would love to do business in Coeur d'Alene. And when I started, um, the first two years of real estate, I only focused on Coeur d'Alene, but it's a lot harder to find deals in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> and I got drug kicking and screaming into Spokane when a deal fell in my lap in Spokane Valley. 
uh, and with being on a state line is very interesting. You have to uh, have a whole different team on both sides, different laws, different contractors, uh, property managers and realtors. Not a lot of people work on both sides. Hmm. Uh, so I didn't really want to at first. And with this deal was too good to pass up. So I started building a team in Washington um, and I'm really glad I did. I mean, now 95% plus of the business I do is over there. The wow. deals don't just work as well in Coeur d'Alene because the, um, almost all the analysis I do can be boiled down to a, a rent price versus a purchase price. And the purchase prices are higher in Coeur d'Alene and the rent prices are almost always higher for the same building and bedroom count in Spokane. Wow. So Spokane deals are, will on average be better. And there's just, there's four times as many people out there. So yeah, just a lot easier yeah. to find deals out there. And do you do like direct mail? How do you, how do you find your, your deals? Do you just call people? I used to uh, market directly and I really should be doing that more often now, but um, anymore, most of my own personal deals, as opposed to my students deals, uh, come from networking. I'd say 60 plus percent of my deals come from my network. Uh, my students, I train them to market for uh, different kinds of deals according to their different goals. Mm. Uh, and I think you've heard, you know, your network is your net worth and yeah. little trite things like that. And when I first started out, I was like, what does that even mean? Yeah. I don't, I'm an, I'm an introvert. I don't like things like that. And when I got into it more and started networking, which is hard for introverts. Um, I realized, oh, this is how this works. You really have to get out there and shake a lot of hands, meet a lot of people. Um, making relationships has been the lifeblood of my business. Mm. And you just, people learn what you do. And when you've got colleagues who also do what you do, sometimes you find out the, the deal that doesn't work for your colleague, who's also your competitor, uh, he might kick it over to you and vice versa. And I do that quite a bit now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. cool. Time to get underground. In this segment of the show, we like to understand the roots of a deal. Um, this kind of understands how a little bit the way you work as well. Um, so once again, I'm going to go over it. We're going to ask if you have a specific deal, a unique deal in your mind that you feel be worth sharing. We're going to ask what it is, what type of deal it is, how'd you find it? How did you fund it? How long did it take to accomplish? And what was the result? So starting off, do you have a deal in mind? Um, yeah, I guess it's, it's in my mind because it's not yet done yet. If that's Ooh. okay to yeah. discuss. Um, and it's taken a lot longer than expected, which means there's a lot of lessons to be learned. <laughs> um, I like to call this type of a deal a split and flip. And I, I do enjoy these types where there's a, a small house on a big piece of land that really lends itself to being divided. Oh. So in Spokane Valley, this is um, it was on 0.83 acres. It's a two-bedroom, one house, one bath house. Um, and my uh, my mentor actually brought it to me as a wholesale. And I could see the value right away. I knew I could get at least one extra lot of land out of it. Mm. And my quick numbers when I first analyzed it was, I could probably flip that house and break even and get a free lot out of it. And then mm-hmm. what I do with the lot, you know, I've got dozens of options, whether I, I build on it, I sell it to a developer. Um, you can improve the land a little bit and then sell it. Uh, 
get a lot of different ways you can go. Yeah. So that was my analysis from day one. Did you have a, a set of questions there for how this segment goes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and so you, you already answered how you found it um, was through, you said your mentor passed it or wholesale. Yes. My, my mentor wholesales deals as well as, as private money. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so how, how do I fund it? How do you fund it? Yeah. I funded it with uh, private money, hard money, um, through one of my many hard money relationships. And I'll comment on that. I would say it's, it's important in networking to make as many private money relationships as you can. Yeah. Uh, and every once in a while, you'll find somebody who sounds like a great relationship and you, you're tempted to just stick with that one guy forever. But you'll find that uh, your one guy has some quirks. I've got a, a guy I like to go to until he pulled up to a house with a steep driveway and he says, nope. I don't do steep driveways. It's a good thing I had another relationship in line because the next guy loved it. Mm. Um, so every private money lender tends to have quirks for whatever their experience is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's great. That's great. And, um, and so how long has it taken you thus far? I've had this property for about, let's see, I think I bought it in april of last year oh wow so it's been what's that 14 15 months yeah yeah, yeah. and are you still so are you paying like holding costs at all for yes yeah my, i've got private money i've refinanced with a uh, softer hard money loan if you will okay uh, i think i had 11 percent on the beginning and now it's at uh, nine very nice and there's been some twists and turns um in the whole process mm. So is it, I was just going to say, is it getting held up with the like county trying to split it or, or what's That's the deal? Part of it. Yeah. So right in the beginning, um, we got a survey done to see, you know, what, what could be done with the land, we took it to the city and found out not only could I just get one lot out of it, I could get three additional lots. And so what was a good deal turned out to be a great deal, yeah. but I still had to get it to the finish line. Um, fixed up the little house and I turned it into a rental so that I could get some income while I was getting the divide finished. Um, and so I've got a renter in there and that's just fine. And uh, the survey revealed that the neighbor's fence is 13 feet over the boundary on my side. He's been using that for nine years. Um, and I mean, I feel for him because he had no idea. That's, that's what he bought. You know, he bought the fence in that place. He wasn't intending to take this land, but sure. now something needs to be done about where his fence is and the land he believes he owns that he doesn't, etc. So I've been trying to work that out with them as gently and kindly as I can. I've offered yeah. to let him buy that strip of land. Uh, I've offered to uh, move his fence over for him and pay for the labor. Etc. You've given him, you know, eight different options. He doesn't like any of them. He wants me to just give him the land, which is not one of my many options. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we moved forward with the development with the city, asked them if we could divide the land and leave it all alone. And they said they would let us do that. We could build the duplex duplexes on these three lots, by the way, not just single family homes. Makes nice. it even more valuable. Yes. Um, and 
they said all would be fine if the neighbor moved not his whole fence, just the shed in his backyard. And he said, no, he's not willing to do it. He oh. dug his heels in. He said, um, well, I, I don't want to look at duplexes. So he he's, thinks he's just going to hold up my entire development because he doesn't want me to build duplexes back there. So um, I went back to square one and, and thought, you know what? I don't have to divide this land up. I could tear down the house and just build a 16-unit apartment complex. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh so that's that's an option i went back to the neighbor and said you know uh oh we're, we're waiting to have a meeting covid slows everything down sure so told him we need to have another meeting uh, i've got some ideas <laughs> i'm going to show him the drawing of of the 16 unit apartment complex okay, i can move forward with this your shed can stay where it is or we could just move your shed it could be very easy <laughs> Wow. You can have a duplex next door or an apartment complex. Oh man, buddy. <laughs> that's that's hey, you you're giving him options and you know, I think that's more than more than fair in terms of like yeah. you know, I mean you he doesn't own that land and you know, he doesn't have a right to it. And right. I mean I think it's nice just to it's just being a, you, I mean I would say you're being a good neighbor. It's like, hey, you're trying to make a deal, you're trying to create create a service. And within that, you are providing options to the neighbor in terms of like, hey, these are the multiple ways you even offered to move his fence for him and the labor and everything. Like, that is something that you have to do. But it's like, hey, I'm being a, a good neighbor. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been fun and learned a lot. And this, you know, it can never really be easy, but that's OK. I didn't get into this game because it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm going to. So what'd you buy that what'd you buy the land for or the the parcel um i think i paid eighty six thousand. okay with a two bedroom one bath house and all of this extra land that can be divided okay. um i put twenty five thousand of rehab into the house uh to make it rentable and most of that was just uh 40 years of smoke damage smoking damage um mm. and you know carpet paint beyond that not a lot um mm -hmm. and um and then engineering costs and things like that i've probably put in another fifteen thousand. okay and in a perfect world, would you end up building the duplexes over the 16 unit? That's a good question. You know, I mentioned my shiny object syndrome. Since I've experienced all these different types of deals, now I'm kind of collecting experiences. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I haven't done a new build. And uh, so I'd like to do a new build to learn a lot about it. I love learning. It's uh, a feature and a bug. Because mm -hmm. I don't need to necessarily pay for an experience. Yeah. But yeah, I'd like the experience too. So I'll have three duplex slots at the end of this. Um, I would probably best case keep one of them to do the new build and sell two of them to a developer. Okay. Um, they're all neighbors. It makes sense for one developer just to buy them all. It mm -hmm. also might make sense for me to build them all. But I think best case, I'd like to keep one to do the deal and sell the yeah. other two. It would 
pay for my build, you know? Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, creative deals are always fun. Right. Yeah, yeah they are. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Cool. Well, now we uh, head into the core four. The core four. 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 So we ask everyone uh, these questions every every interview, but it's one thing that keeps you focused, uh, one reason for your success, one book you're most influenced by, and uh, one piece of advice you can give to our listeners. Okay. One thing that keeps me focused, I think, is um, my big why. You know, getting into this business, at least, at least as a full-time investor, uh, there's times when it's hard. Uh, and you, you've got to keep that focus. Um, and it's, it's a little corny. You hear it a lot. You need to have that big, why, why am I doing this? When it gets hard and I want to quit, you need to know what's the whole point of this. Why don't I just go get a job? It'd be way easier to work 40, even 50 hours a week for somebody else. Let them have the stress. For me, my big, why is, um, like I mentioned earlier, I want to give money away. And when it's hard, looking out on the horizon, like, okay, to become a, a philanthropist and have wealth to provide for others. Um, the same kind of stuff you were talking about, Michael, is uh, building orphanages and um, supporting missionaries. Those two things have been on my mind since 2001. Wow. And it excites me. And, and like you said, if, if I'm not doing it at, at the stage I'm able to now, then it's not likely I'm going to do it later. Yeah. But that's the, that's what keeps me focused. Like, okay. Mm. Particularly when things get hard. Yeah. Cool. See the next question. Um, yeah. What's one reason for your success? They kind of go one hand in reason, hand. I think they do. Um, Cause it, it could be the same answer. Uh, one reason for my success. It might be, counterintuitive but i would say maybe my failures and my <laughs> perseverance through them yeah, is one yeah. reason for my success uh 2016 was particularly hard for me i started this in 2013 um i my first mentor who helped me get started i got uh prideful and walked away from work with him said thanks for what you've taught me i'm good um and i got this i'm gonna work on my own now and all of my biggest, most expensive mistakes were made between mentors. Hmm. And I hired bad contractors. I started growing way too fast. I was doing 17 flips at the same time. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and I had hard money on all of them. And, um, uh, and because I had, like, I had sent so many hard money relationships, one guy wouldn't uh, lend on 17 deals, but six guys would lend on a couple deals. And so I had hard money out everywhere. Um, and this one contractor had convinced me that he could handle all this, uh, and he could not. And so it fell apart. Late 2016, it all came crashing down. Um, wow. And by the grace of God, I was able to make all my hard money loan payments on time wow. sell everything off and <laughs> not one investor or partner i partnered with a lot of people too nobody lost money on my behalf except me um mm. but there's a lot 
of hard lessons there and persevering through that is a lot of the reason for my success. I think I wouldn't have it any other way. I couldn't have learned the things I learned without going through that. Yeah. I had friends outside the real estate industry. It's like, you're, you're still doing this. You're still going to do real estate after all that. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you don't climb 90% of the way up Mount Everest and then turn around. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's a good one. I like I, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we all Hopefully, make mistakes. I made my hard mistakes up front, you know. Yeah, we all make mistakes. And the difference is those who learn from them and keep going and the ones who quit afterwards. So, yeah. right. <laughs> There's a really good quote I like. Um, I think it was one of the books I read. It may have been like a million dollar real estate agent, real estate invest. I don't know, one of those. Um, but he had mentioned, you know, like, oh, he made a mistake. And, you know, it was like lost hundreds of thousands of dollars um, in a single instance from one one in, or employee. And an employee came to the office of the boss and was like, oh, okay, well, I'm expected. All right, well, I'll pack my things and, and take off. And he's like, pack your things? Why would you pack your things? You know, I just invested $200,000 in you, you know, in the employee you are. Um, so, and I think the point of that was just like, that's a $200,000 investment, you know, that you know, he's probably never going to do again and he's learned from. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was really interesting. All right. One book that you're most influenced by. I would say um, how to win friends and influence people. Ooh, that's a good one. Not a, not a real estate book, but um, particularly being an introvert and then learning how to network and how important relationships are uh, that mm. the lessons I've learned from that book keep coming back again and yeah. again. Mm. Very good. And maybe what one piece of advice can you have to our listeners? Maybe it's from um, the book. You know, I would say get a mentor, you know, uh, whatever, whatever you're doing in real estate or any kind of business, really um, you need, need someone <laughs> who's been there a couple of years, a couple of steps ahead of you to yeah. show you the way. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff you can DIY and you can learn it yourself, but I think it really shortcuts the, the process and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Um, like I said, all my biggest mistakes were made between mentors. <laughs> After that rough year, I found a mentor um, who, who said, man, what are you doing? You're making a mess of this business. And he really helped me out of the hole I had dug. Um, and he still today helps. Um, when I come across a deal, I'll run it by him. He's like, yeah, I think you got this. You, you know, you might want to watch out for this or that. Um, but I still make sure I've got mentors in my life to look over my shoulder, uh, hold me accountable to my own goals and things like that. I think it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, how do people get a hold of you? Uh, I feel like you get a hold of me. The best way is uh, probably call my my office, 509-381-3000. I'd uh, be happy to, to meet new people. I figure the worst case, I make a new friend. You know, best case, you know, who knows where partnerships might go or how you might be able to work together. Um, I'd like to do free strategy calls with people and help them figure out their goals and get them going to the next step or two 
toward those goals. That's so. great. And so we also know you can find you on Bigger Pockets. Yeah, Bigger Pockets. Um, at David Clinton, and you can also email me, David at investnorthwest.us. Nice, very nice. And uh, your your mentees are they all local, or do you do it anywhere? You know, I've helped people out across the country. I had one gal um, actually in Saudi Arabia um, who we worked together for a little bit. She wanted to invest in the U.S. I don't know about Saudi Arabian real estate, but (laughs) she she wanted to invest her capital in the U.S. And I helped her narrow her goals down and and figure out the best way to invest. Um, So I've helped people all over the country and even the world. Um, I work more, uh, I guess intensely with people locally because we'll meet every other week um okay. and stuff like that but but i've got i've had people in multiple states uh working their deals as well georgia texas california okay. uh, yeah i'm curious cool. how do you market yourself you know it's just like the way that i've uh, i found works for me to find uh sellers same way for me to find apprentices there's a lot of word of mouth um or bigger pockets yeah. just making relationships that way yeah that's good so and in sense I'm, I'm limited to the number of apprentices i can work with at once for yeah. their sake i haven't really um, made a good a big point to push you know for mentorship um it's just kind of I, i'll be a capacity for a time and then a, an apprentice will you know have a life event and want to step back from real estate or um or they'll decide that um, they're going to go it alone for a while so mm-hmm. Um, a slot will open up, things like that. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Well, thanks so much, David. Yeah, it's great hanging out with you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and I definitely learned a lot of wealth of information, and it was good to to be able to have this kind of contact. Cool, good. Well, I look forward to uh, speaking again in the future and seeing how your guys' business grows as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll have to read or get in touch again very soon. If not, I'll probably email you right after this. <laughs> Excellent. Sounds good. Awesome. All right. All right. David. Well, have a great week, guys. You too, you David. Too. Thank you. All right. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to the Grounded Investor Show, hearing from the men and women on the ground who are doing the work. If you want to learn more about investing in Idaho, reach out to us at www.groundedinvestor.com or give us a call at 208-219-7655.